0: Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Look, Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code WELLSHAVED for 20% off and free shipping treat your partner by treating yourself let's get into it welcome to the well-played dlc podcast australia's juiciest and smoothest gaming podcast thanks to manscaped i'm zach jackson joined by the many faces of kieran and verbruge hello hello also joining us is adam <laughs> ryan hello and nathan hennessy and hello as well how are we all oh yeah cool change yeah. Yes, cool, cool change indeed. So good. Fuck the humidity. That sucks.
1: I wore full length pants for the first time in weeks today and it was glorious. It was really nice. In fairness, yeah. I work from home, so the, the fact that I'm wearing pants at all on a day-to-day basis is an bl- absolute blessing. Just just a little treat yourself. Yeah. I figured why not get dressed up? I even went outside. Wow. Ooh, that's novel. Yeah, I know. I didn't do it for long. Don't get me wrong. It was a quick. It was a quick outing, but all the same, it was yeah. It was wonderful to wear jeans. I forgot what it felt like. Nice. Are you nice.
0: a
2: skinny jeans man? I am. Yep. Got, Got a real,
1: go
2: real basic bitch. Got to go the skinny jeans. I can't. I can't fit this well shaped package in skinny jeans anymore. <laughs>
0: Really? I thought with the, you know, the luck of bloody bush there, you'd be able to jam it in a bit easier. You'd think
2: so, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> you would.
2: No, because that's the thing, right? So when you shave, give it the old, well, shaved, looks bigger, gets bigger. I mean, that's just
1: maths. maths yeah. and science right there. Don't I make mean, the rules.
0: If that doesn't sell you on a new lawnmower, then uh, I don't know what will. <laughs> I don't know what will. All right, all right, well... Yeah so it's, it's been a week and again it's been a massive week, huge week. Um, Plenty to talk about which we'll get into. One big game that we've all played which we can discuss. Uh, I know that we've all got thoughts, uh, a preview and some more little stuff uh, but everyone's pretty flat out with review games that I know of. We can't talk about which ones but has anyone played any that's not for review at the moment? Maybe Nathan, because you're not technically reviewing it, anything.
2: Yeah, no, I'm currently in the clear. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to psych myself up for Elden Ring at the end of the month. I'm playing through Demon's Souls, the remake from a couple of years back, just trying to make a little bit of progress on that. I've underestimated just how hard that one is. The thing is, I'm putting my head through the wall because that game doesn't have any checkpoint system in place between pretty much you sporting into a level, and a boss. So you've pretty much got to get through a stage, through to the boss, which is enough of an exercise in itself, mind you. Then clean up a boss at the end, which is monumental. And I think I've finally hit a wall where it's like every avenue of progress is limited by just a hard-as-nuts boss. But we'll get there. It's still very enjoyable, and I'm really keen to see. It is building up my enthusiasm for... What is it, February twenty fifth? I hope that's yeah, right.
0: That's correct. So I've got a quick question for you. So as we discussed last week with Jorts, I'm I'm keen to get stuck in. <clears throat> On Amazon, it's seventy nine bucks, which is Ooh, yeah. good. That's a good yeah, price. yeah, yeah. That's real so, tasty. I don't want to sound like a, like a bit of an arsehole here, but like my concept of video game prices since you know uh, becoming a reviewer has sort of changed. Like I don't know what. You know what is expensive and what is cheap anymore so because you know I am quite lucky and I get a lot of games for free although it costs um exposure for uh for, for those people but yeah I don't know is $79 should I spend that like I don't know and then I see like another game and it's $110 I'm like fuck me like if I wasn't a reviewer I'd be dirt poor all the time <laughs> don't say <laughs> well, think welcome for yourself, to the I'm real capital gamer are?
2: hours
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive hobby mate it's it's rough so yeah 79
2: is good i think that's a yeah, that's a pretty fair it, shout. it feels like a little launch treat
0: i think jb and uh who are the other company that did them real cheap in last gen i don't know something like target or something oh uh, like, yeah, yeah. Harvey yeah, Norman no. probably big big w. Yeah, so Don't you, know. you know, so those you know those guys go on fifty nine and sixty nine now and then. It's just made me feel like oh seventy nine, but but it's also that it's Elden Ring. Not that that's you know oh, it's it could be it's, bad, but is it going to be my cup of tea? Like if it was Evil West or like a plague Tale I'd be like fuck. I'll pay one seventy nine for that. But <laughs> we'll see yeah. anyway. I know. Well it's also it's also like do I want to play that? Do I wanna play the new Horizon or Destiny? So I've got options, you know.
2: Now you're echoing the sentiment of the people. This is yeah. the conundrum that many of us will be facing this month. Yeah, it's yeah. not just the it's not
1: just the The monetary commitment, but it's the the time sink as well. You don't have time for all Mm. three of them, mate. You've got to uh, have priorities. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Mm. because it's like just. But then, excuse me, sorry. I feel like Elden Ring is probably not going to come down that much over the year. Nah, what what do you probably not? Well, I mean, last big FromSoft was
2: Sekiro. Is that right?
0: Yep. And that, I I remember I
2: didn't buy that on release. Um, It became impossible to get copies for that around launch um, in Hobart, in Tasmania. I only managed to pick it up like three months after launch, and it was still going for its launch price. Yeah. So, it held value. Yeah.
0: Is that uh, because it's Activision, though? Uh, I didn't consider the publisher side. I'm I'm just wondering, because they...
3: yeah, the Bandai published ones tend to, I mean, stock wise, they're still fucked, but like they tend to go on sale digitally and stuff a little bit more often. All right, but, cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'll,
0: know. I'll update you yeah, next week. Um, maybe. All right, well, shall we get stuck straight into the, the big, juicy pizza we got sitting right here? Let's do yeah.
3: it. Do I need to turn my camera? Like, do I need to move? Like, you need to turn around.
0: <laughs> Isn't that why we got the two tripods? Yes. Get it from all angles.
3: Okay, so we can, uh, we can take them into the Sydney CBD and
0: have a feast. Have a feast. Anyway, uh, Butt so banquet. all all four of us the old spankwit? have been playing. Oh my god. <coughs> Are you okay? All four of us have been playing Dying Light 2 Stay Human. So shout outs to Techland for the codes. Uh, I am doing the review, but yeah, we've all played it. Uh, Just quickly, who. Who. Is Nathan dead? (laughs) He's slowly Uh,
1: dying. He's
0: alright. He's good. um, I mean, who. Who's finished it? So I've finished it, Nathan. I think you have the other two you've not finished, correct?
1: No, right, not okay. yet.
0: Correct. All right, cool. Um, just before we get stuck in, how many hours do you think you've put in?
1: I'd correct. wager maybe fifteen okay. if I was to if I was to have a guess. I haven't actually checked, but I feel like that's semi accurate.
3: Yeah, I'd say like twelve to fifteen, probably.
0: Okay, cool all right well we'll get stuck into it uh, we're, we're all pretty keen for this before it launched so um, yeah it, it's end this is probably the first big big title of, of the year um, I think I might have asked last week but who's finished or at least played the first one yeah, yeah. yep before I finished the first or, one played or through most it?
3: Cool. of it I don't think I ever finished it but like a, a decent chunk.
0: Yeah, F- finished
2: it and almost finished the following DLC, but yeah, I've got, a bit, I've got a bit bored with it. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at as well. I'm in the same boat.
0: Did you ever play the the battle royale game? No, was it a battle royale? They game? did spin off that, didn't they? They did, and I think it and I didn't touch it. Flopped.
2: Yeah, yeah. Crowded market.
0: Hmm. All right, all right. So, dying light two. Stay human. <clears throat> story so, wise, it's. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. You go. I
2: was just going to preface this by saying it could be a divisive one.
0: It could be. I think it's. Uh, well, yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see. All right. So in regards to the story, it's set about twenty years after the events of the original. Uh, if you haven't played the original, I'm not going to spoil it. But yeah, you can go online and, and uh, read about it if you want. Uh, you play as uh, Aiden Cordwell, who is uh, what is known as a pilgrim. Uh, pilgrims are like messengers of sorts who that travel like long distances to deliver messages between settlements. Um, he's on the hunt for his sister, who I think's been missing for about fifteen years, um, if I'm remem- remembering correctly. Uh, there, so his journey um, takes him to a place called the city which is made up of two big main areas uh villador and old villador uh in each of those two areas maybe has three or four sub areas if you want to call them that um so yeah uh but this the city it's uh sort of divided by multiple fashions as well um and in order for aiden to i guess find the information that he needs uh to find his sister uh, he has to basically start working for these factions, um, earning their trust. Um, you know all that sort of sort of stuff. Uh, the other cool thing about all that was um, promised with this story is that you'll uh, that you'll have certain dialogue choices um, throughout the story, and any choices that you do make will impact the the outcome and the relationships that you have with the characters in the world. Um, so, yeah, old, old I'll Villador and Villador on The two, sorry, uh, the two main factions that you'll, that you'll work for uh, are called the Peacekeepers. Uh, the, they are basically like a police-like faction who um, have this hierarchy of, you know, in charge and, and that kind of thing. Um, and they believe that they're, they're, they're like the protectors of the city and, you know, they sort of gatekeep a lot of the areas and, and, and stuff. Like that there's another faction called the survivors which is just sort of a big group of survivors that live in these like camps um, and they're sort of the the two main ones that you that Aiden will deal with and, and work for um, each of them have like a couple a couple of main characters that you will become friends with the biggest character or the most prominent character from all of it is probably Luana who is played by Rosaria Zara Dawson? Rosaria Dawson. Yeah. Dawson. Um, so yeah, she's probably the second main character out of all. And then there's a little host of other characters like uh, Hakon, uh, Jack Matt, and some other ones that are that are in there. Um, so yeah, story-wise, we'll maybe talk a little bit about it a bit later. But stories not that great um but we'll talk more on that later uh gameplay wise though and the world wise like the world that, that Techland has, has built I, I think is super impressive it's it's massive too like there's heaps to do um whether it's you know looting buildings um you know finding gear like all across the city killing infected um, or just quests in general like you know you'll be traveling... Across the city, and there'll be someone who might need some help, or you might find like a shop or whatever that has uh, some cool loot in it. So you know, there's there's always tons to do, and I I found myself quite often being pulled from the main quest. Oh, you know, I'll go and save this person. Then I'll be like, oh, there's a item of interest over here. What's that? You know, and um, and although there's a ton of repeated assets. It's, I, th- I think it's the density and the immersiveness of, of the world sort of overshadows that. Uh, I, I do think it's it, it's a very cool world. Like, I, I think um, it's pretty impressive given the scope of the game. Um, if you like your Ubisoft games, there's uh, windmills and water towers scattered across the city as well. Climb to the top of them and you'll unlock safe zones if, if, if it's a windmill and if it's a water tower you unlock safe zones and you can actually assign the water tower and maybe even a power station if i'm remembering that correctly mm-hmm. um to one of the factions so either the peacekeepers or the survivors if you go whichever one you choose there are perks that you can unlock um by, by doing so like excuse me um i think one of the peacekeeper perks is like there's more like UV lamps around or, or something to like to that like. Uh, the other faction is called the Renegades and they're guys, basically. Uh, they fight uh, the Peacekeepers, the Survivors, and they've got bases that Aiden can go in and loot, kill enemies and whatnot. Um, so yeah, like, like the world I, I thought was great. But where, and this is where I, th- I thought Dying Light was excellent um is the gameplay like the parkour gameplay is excellent and here again it's awesome you know like traversing like the rooftops you know fanging it across some, you know running across the city it's it's awesome like it it's done very 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 well and throughout the story you will unlock different methods of transport so there's a paraglider and a grappling hook the grappling hook is not so much like a traversal tool as it's more of a puzzle solving tool um, but the paraglider is pretty fun and there are like uh, uh, like steam vents or steam holes in the ground that have blown up and stuff and if you're flying through the air and if you go over one of these steam holes you'll actually be pushed forward with the paraglider so you can go further um, yeah uh, the, I mean the, the other cool thing is uh, the I'm sorry, I've lost my notes here, Uh, the day night cycle again. So zombies infected during the day, uh, pretty easy, pretty predictable. Uh, If you make enough noise there, you will get enough of them to maybe make you run. But for the most part, it's pretty it's pretty easy to navigate through the city during the day at night is when things become real tough. Uh, And it's a risk reward thing because Aiden can only be out uh, at night for a certain amount of time, um, so you can upgrade your immunity uh, through other ways, which we'll talk about soon. But uh, yeah, so you can only so Aiden can only be out for a little while. Um, but also the enemies are more aggressive; they're harder. There's more of them on, on the street because they sort of come out from the buildings and stuff that that they're in, and they lurk in the streets. There's uh, one enemy called the Howler. Uh, and if he spots you, like if you make him um see you, he will activate a sequence which is called like a chase. Uh and you'll have every man and his fucking dog chasing you. And if you survive long enough, uh there's four levels to each chase and if you survive long enough, that's when the volatiles will come out and it if you don't get to a safe zone you'll you'll like you'll die. Um I actually didn't manage to kill a Volatile once during my playthrough. I tried, um, but I died every time. Um, or I chickened down and went back into the UV. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, like, that part of it's really cool. And like, and, like, there are buildings that you'll come across during the day, which will be, um, I can't think what they're called, they're, like, Forsaken or, more, like, Dark Zones or something like that. And um, they'll have, like, better loot. Inside them, but you can't. Or you can go in them during during the day, but it's much harder, and pretty much ne- you'll never survive. But at night, because they're drawn out of the building, you like, you go in and um, loot it all. Then you also get an, a, a nighttime bonus for whenever you kill or do parkour or whatever. So the XP that you gain from um, being active at night is greater than uh, what it would be during the day. Combat's pretty cool. So it's the same sort of combat before. The only there's one big change here, um, and there's no guns. So uh, the long short of it is the peace. There was a shooting in the world, and the peacekeepers took away all all the guns. So you've only got yeah, your axes, your machetes, and your maces, and the, you know those sorts of melee weapons to to go off, um, which is pretty cool. Um, you can upgrade them uh, sorry you can uh, modify them with like um elemental sort of stuff like fire ice shock like um to to get a bit of extra damage there i think i think the combat's fun Uh, i don't think it's amazing but i think it works um i don't know if anyone wants to jump in right now because i can or i can just keep going oh
2: i might bookend my thoughts having also reached the credits i might jump in a bit later
0: all right so um but you've also got like consumables or throwables that you can use like molotovs grenades and stuff um the controls are pretty easy to use you can just uh, navigate through your health items or your consumables like uh, if you're out at night and you need to just get some more immunity there's some items that you can take um, so that's all done through the the D-pad, and you can hold four of each item at a time. So weapons, consumables, and like throwable,s um, yeah. So it's all pretty straightforward to to get through, and fairly easy. Uh, there's tons of gear, so that like 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 you'll you'll never have uh, a problem with finding stuff to, to use because it's everywhere, and you can sell it all at the safe zones that you unlock, get coins, uh, upgrade items, buy other stuff like that. I very rarely bought anything. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't really buy much. I just sort of used what I had. The di- one big, I mean, I'll, I'll save my big disappointments for a bit later, uh, for when I continue, but um, but yeah, like in terms of the game, like it's all pretty, if you've played Dying Light, you've pretty much played Dying Light 2 from a gameplay point of view, aside from maybe the guns, because uh, it's, it's pretty much the same. Which is, which is fine because like the, the gameplay there was was very good. But yeah, the story I think is, is, is where it definitely doesn't hit hit uh, its potential. Um, it's yeah, I, I feel like the cast of characters is pretty boring. Uh, not, none of them are overly that interesting. The voice acting ranges from being pretty good um, to if not excellent at some times. To being pretty dog shit um, at other times. But I think that that's also down to the writing because I think some of the writing is dreadful mm-hmm. in this. Um, and I, I didn't actually mention this in my review, but I only thought about it just then. And there's a fair bit of swearing, which is fine. I'm not against swearing, but I think it's got to be, I feel like in video games, it's got to be done correctly. I feel like here it's a little bit excessive at times or used in the wrong moments. Um, but I could be, I could, I maybe could be, my little precious ears could be um, the only one there for that. Um, but yeah, overall, stories is what sort of brings it down, and we'll talk about some other problems that I've got with it, but gameplay-wise, it's I, I think it's borderline fantastic. Um, is very good. I, I would probably say from a gameplay point of view that it's very good. It's just a shame that the story brings it down a lot, uh there are a lot of problems with that which i think we'll talk about so i'm trying to just Mm. force through uh the boring talk of it here um so we can sort of open it up and go there the the other big thing is um and i probably should have mentioned this from the start but the first game had up to four player co-op uh this game promises that but during the whole review period and as and now as far as i'm aware uh co-op is not live um whether it goes live day one i don't know there's comms from pr that it indicates that it could not go live but i haven't heard any confirmation that on that um and that would definitely improve and elevate the whole experience because like that was probably the most uh fun part of the first one is just playing with with friends and you know running around at night getting fucked up by volatiles and but here, like, yeah, so I've, even though that you can play it single player, I feel like it is a better experience when you play it with other people. It's, yeah, whether, whether it works when it launches, I don't know. Sure. Um, but given that they're cutting it this fine, I'd say there's obviously problems somewhere um, because I don't know, I know that Kieran, you and I have spoken about this previously and, and we sort of agree that, you know, why wouldn't you lead with your, you know, best feature kind of thing um stop twisting your fucking mustache so um, yeah <laughs> he's I mean, doing his
2: best egg man over here <laughs> let's uh
0: i mean there's I, i've i've missed a fair bit because my review is meaty um and i haven't got to the divisive parts yet but it probably took me i want to say like 40 maybe 35 to 40 hours to finish it but I mean, that's with a fair amount of like fucking around like like i did like i was saying like i did find myself getting pulled away from like the main story going off and just doing dumb shit you know drop kicking people off roofs um
1: which is I, like oh, I, I can't overstate enough how satisfying it is to double drop kick zombies okay. people and everything inside so good I'm
0: glad. i'm glad you mentioned because that's one part that i did want to talk about before we get into the big discussion so um yeah so with weapons you can upgrade them by modifying them like i said uh your actual skills can be upgraded you do that through xp that is earned through doing like combat and doing parkour and completing missions so there's a skill tree for combat and a skill tree for parkour uh you're also um you can upgrade your health and your stamina uh skills or your ability whatever um more health will give you more, more health and more immunity at night. And stamina will let you basically jump and do other shit for longer. This is one of the jarring things about the game. And Kira and I, again, like we've spoken about this, but Aiden is this, so right at at the the game, he bloody flexes it. He's this, you know, seasoned uh, traveler. He's this pilgrim who's traveled, you know, for ages. Um, to get to where he is but he's super unfit like climbing the tiniest ladder takes the breath out of him
1: there is there is a story there is story context to that in fairness but it is it is jarring going from like the the tutorial part where you're just like bouncing off shit to then i think that what you mentioned the ladder is the the worst part for me is you literally you climb a ladder really early on and he gets puffed and i'm like ah come on come on mate
0: it just doesn't add up. It's like, how how have you survived all this time when you can't even climb a six-step ladder?
2: Um, <laughs> the story explanation tired? is not even any good either nah, because it contradicts it's itself. It, it, without it, it going into any spoilers, which we won't be doing, by the way, uh, very early on in the game, it's heavily suggested and then outright confirmed that he's effectively built different. You know, this this dude should be a <laughs> machine and he's absolutely bent over after climbing a few steps on a ladder. <laughs>
1: Which, in fairness, I get bent over after going up a ladder, it's but just I also—it's bent over a ladder. It's—it's I... <laughs> <laughs> it's the
3: inconsistency as well, because you're like, yeah. You'll do like you, you know, you'll run up a building and leap to a building like two meters away and <clears throat> grab onto that, and that's like the same amount of stamina as fucking six rungs that you're holding onto with like hands and feet. It's like
1: the the climbing is definitely a a bit skew if when it comes to the the stamina usage, it feels a bit off.
2: Uh, the, the climbing, we'll talk about the climbing But I will <laughs> say I'm very glad that you don't walk in this game You effectively run Like you've got one yeah. speed and it's sprint run. And it doesn't consume stamina That yeah. was such a godsend I Look, I could be incorrect But I feel like Dying Light 1 You're having to balance stamina between sprinting and climbing I could be false on that But I Can't just remember. like the fact Sorry. that it is consistently one speed
0: Mm. Mm. yeah that was good but but as kieran said like it, it doesn't make sense as to why you can run for forever yeah and then you can't even climb tiny like yeah it, it was just and it's, it is pretty jarring and it can be frustrating because you can uh, you know you'll be running across the rooftops you know like i said like it's it's awesome and then you jump up and you try and climb this this small building and you can't find like you know maybe like you misjudge it or you can't find the next to like, jump to and it's it's like you know you're under the pump because this this guy's losing stamina um, and yeah then you fall to the ground and you get away and it's just yeah, it can just be a pain and like you'll lose stamina in combat too so you know you can't just constantly like attack people like your stamina will will drain from him, which you know that makes sense like um, it's just yeah it's just that early stages where he just talks you know he, yeah he as you said, like he's built different, um, and he's a seasoned traveler, and then a ladder just almost does him in right before he, he gets going. Um, we were talking about upgrades, weren't we? I think that's pretty. much Yeah, and and you can upgrade like so your molotovs and grenades and your health packs. You can upgrade them as well to make them more effective.
2: Because there is a smorgasbord of craftable items, which means. There is a veritable suitcase of scavenging items that you're going to have to pilfer from around the world, mm. and at the start, it's not so bad because some of those early upgrades only really require pretty trivial amounts of scrap, leather, alcohol, this, that, resin. Um, I'd argue that there's probably too many craft, like too many lootable items used in crafting because you always get a few that are just really difficult to source. There is a point in the game though where upgrading, upgrading your craftables and your craftables are pretty necessary to survive out in the wild because you're not really got that much active access to vendors out and about that are going to sell you, good you know medical items and that. So you you are like whenever you damage yourself, your your health bar is not going to regen. You're going to have to patch yourself up with a med kit. You're probably going to have to craft that med kit, but upgrading that med kit to make sure it's still relevant and it's still useful as the game is getting harder actually reaches a wall pretty probably about halfway through so what i mean by that is your medical equipment and your craftables aren't up to the actual challenge of the game that's throwing at you because you you need to go spend a good few hours finding and sourcing all these really obscure lootable items around the world just to upgrade them um so you actually end up there is a lot of points in the game where you can get absolutely sidelined by what I want to say is very much Ubisoft bloat Mm. there's a lot of I'm just going to find arbitrary items in the environment or do arbitrary fetch quests with pretty much no story context just so I can level up my craftables which are already a pain in the ass to go and source all of the items for Um, there are a few pace breakers like that in the back half of the game which may not resonate as much with Kieran and Am, but I think Zach might be able to unfold a few of those with me.
0: Yeah. So another thing, like like one of the uh, rare items that you need, I think it's you need it to upgrade. You might have needed to upgrade your uh, blueprints. I think it's your your weapon modifiers. Um, is they're called like rare trophies or something like that. Um, and it's basically not. Uh, it's it's like more challenging enemies so you need so to upgrade like a if you've put fire damage and your fire damage might only have you know one out of five levels for example if you want to upgrade that fire damage you you need to have you know a you need to have all the resources that you need like your scrap and your whatnot but then you also need these um uh like red trophies which are basically like when you kill a higher rated enemy you'll loot him and you'll get like this trophy but so that like that's where and at night is a good is a good spot to do it. And you can sort of cheese it a little bit. Um, if you hang around near like a, a safe zone, like a UV point, you can sort of draw them all in and just sort of go out and, and kill them. But basically you you want to start a chase um, because that's when you sort of all these more difficult enemies come at you. But then it's easy to get killed and you fucking lose everything. So, uh, Which brings me to another thing, which is the checkpointing is a bit shit because if you die at any point in in the game you will lose all the items that you have used since you last started for example or died or whatever now in in the context of the open world that's fine like i get that you know you'll be out doing whatever fucking around and you'll die you lose what you just used uh, uh but you know that's cool it's when it's like set pieces and boss fights that is where it really sucks so several several times like i knew that i had this big fight coming up right So I crafted like, you know, half a dozen Molotovs and some grenades and a bunch of health packs, did the boss fight, used all those items in the first round, died, got, you know, restarted, you know, back at the start of the boss fight, all those items are gone. They don't come back. You've lost them. So you then, you then have to fight this boss without all these items out, you know, without the health pack. Um, And that I think is very poor. I think that's a poor design choice that they've made um i don't know how they balance that because I don't, I don't know how you can have a system in place where it's you know maybe it's not that hard you know that it detects that this is a set piece this, you know, this is a story you know sequence that you're playing as, as opposed to the open world um yeah so they like there are multiple times where and it's even in other spots as well like if you Trying to think of like one of like if yeah even like if you're fighting like like a boss or if you're in like if you go into a particular zone um like one of the higher you know the challenging zones and uh you die in that zone you lose everything or all, all that you've used you've lost it all um I don't think that I, I don't think there was a boss um to I mean like actual boss fight that I didn't die in at like, like at least once so. I then had to and once I realized that this was going on like I had to balance how much I used in each boss fight because I was like I don't want to die have no fucking health kits left because I've used them all in the first go um, so that was a bit that that was one thing I didn't quite like the other thing that I thought the weapon durability was poor this this time around um, each there are different weapons of different levels to them so the higher the level of the weapon the more durable and the more damage that it sort of does um in dial light one you could actually repair weapons i know that you could get repair kits where you can maybe do two or three maybe not three repairs to weapons that doesn't exist yet so if you find a weapon that you like go and spend resources on modifying it to make it like real good and it will be uh, once,
2: expensive doing so too yeah
0: once you've once it's gone um it's gone like there you you can't repair it um which again i don't like but the only thing that's probably saves that is there are a ton of weapons to use like there are heaps that you'll get so you're never short of options it's more just you don't really have that, that that option to keep using the one that you've you know invested in kind of thing um, so that so that was another thing that I did find poor like, a, like another poor choice and not to include that especially when they've taken guns away um, which I guess is fine like you know whatever but To take you know that sort of weapons away and then not to give you the option to repair any of your melee weapons i didn't i didn't i didn't jive with that um we should we talk final boss
2: Mm. i mean we can't say too much
0: i mean there's like but i mean it's there's tons to talk about and adam and kieran just sat here patiently waiting for us to finish
2: um
0: I haven't even gotten started. I know, right? There's, <laughs> there's, there's, he, there's heaps to cover. Um, I mean, the final boss fight. Like, I'm. Um, I know that some people don't like boss fights in games. I'm fine with it if it's in the right if it's in the right game. Dying Light One's boss fight sucked. Uh, well, it was a quick time even, event,
1: wasn't it? This is yes. even
0: worse. This fucking sucks. This is harder than any boss awful. fight I've ever had before. This is the worst boss fight I think I've ever played. Um, it's like a waved boss fight. So I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, but it's not really, but just preparing you for what's coming. And it does not fucking end. And it just, it sucks. Every part phase of it one, sucks.
2: Phase one, phase two, phase three, um, phase and, fucking
0: four. And like, with I'm trying to keep it within a safe zone here. But uh, like, A, like it bugged out for both so me much. and yeah bugged out for me it got stuck in the environment so which means i had to die and restart because i didn't want to rec- and so there's no checkpoints here by the way so you can't go to like into the menu and restart from checkpoint there's no option for that you just have to die um Correct. so again so i'd you know went back uh died um i think i started I, I did start from the second or third phase or whatever it was but yeah um because yeah, he got stuck in the environment, and he could still hurt me, but I couldn't touch him. Yep. Um, um, yeah, and I'd like again, like I'd lost all all stuff that I'd used previously. It was okay because it was at that point in time. So again, you know, so that made sense that you know I was even with what I'd used. So, uh, but the first phase, I reckon mine was I either I'm shit at video games or this was bugged. Because you're on a platform and I, and I got knocked off the platform. I know what you're going to say. And I jumped back up, but as soon as I got back up, he, the, he the for boss six. instantly just does this one move nonstop. And you can, like, so I was like, hey, I'll dodge it. I'll dodge it. I'll dodge it. I dodged it four times. And I thought, surely this time I'm going to be able to get anything. Went again. The fifth time knocked me down. I was like, okay, I'm going to ha- have to cheese this. Like, there's no other way for me to. To beat this guy without cheesing because i just go i just jump up and i'm just getting hit um so i shot him from afar with with arrows i jumped back up, i would uh, jump up shoot shoot a couple of arrows then he would go to do like his his move i would jump back down jump back up i actually died and i'd lost about 40 arrows in that fucking thing that didn't like i didn't get them back so um anyway so that's the boss fight the boss fight fucking sucks uh story sucks sort of mostly mostly sucks it's just i don't even know how to fucking exceed. i i said to nathan earlier that it's convoluted um and it's just a bit fucking absurd towards the end uh and i feel like some of the choices that you get given like they they don't matter because, no they certainly don't <laughs> um so that's disappointing but the story just I, I, quickly
1: on as far as the story and context goes the one thing i do appreciate is they they kind of give an in-game explanation as to why everyone wants you to do their fucking laundry list of tasks like you being a pilgrim you're given yeah things to to take to other people from across the country and you get like you're your role is to do all of these menial little things. So in an RPG, it's nice to have the context as to why you're doing a bunch of side missions rather than just, Hey, person that's meant to save the world. Would you mind grabbing my cat down from that tree for fucking 10 minutes? Not that it's a major thing, but I always like when games justify why you're doing a whole bunch of random little things.
0: That's fine. But I think the missions, especially towards the end, like the story just feels dragged out and just, it just, there's a, I wouldn't say there's a lot of twists, but there's some twists there. And you're just like, mate, just get to the point. Like, why are we here? Tell me what, just tell me what you want me to do. Um, yeah. So like, and the, the gameplay sort of starts to, it starts to lose its magic a bit towards the end because you're doing bullshit things like excessive puzzle solving. Like there's these electrical puzzles that you got to do. Oh. Um, and there's just, there's just like another one. Like, oh, power's out. Fucking gotta go get the power. And then you climb this fucking huge building. So you gotta, then you go inside. Oh, the power's out. I gotta go fix the power. So you gotta figure out how to get this cord to a certain spot. And you're like, just, I'm sick, sick of climbing these fucking buildings and setting the fucking power back on. So, missions feel dragged out. story doesn't really, it doesn't feel satisfying. Um, that's the story uh nathan you got any thoughts on that oh
2: i I do i do um let me start with one of the first things so we've talked about the parkour as being a highlight and i agree the parkour is a highlight and it creates this real kind of a series of what i think is probably one of the highlights of the game is butt-clenching moments moments of like real tension because you're on the run you've got a horde chasing you from behind sound effects when they're working, uh, very much getting you into the zone of, I really have to bolt because I'm going to die. But the issue is, the parkour is fantastic whilst you're moving on a horizontal plane and you're dealing with sort of knee-high obstacles. Once you have to start doing vertical traversal, I don't know how you guys feel, but I felt like I had gone right the way back to Assassin's Creed 2. Like, we've come a long way when it comes to vertical traversal in games and doing so in a way that feels very authentic and very kinetic um being able to see a handhold and grab that handhold but i know and i'm sure zach will have had this experience so much in the second half of the game where the game goes from being vertical to pretty much just sky you know it's it's just Mm. super vertical Um, so you're expecting to do a lot of climbing but you go for a handhold that's not pretty much coated in some contextual color that says grab me 50% of the time that handhold is going to miss. It's not going to be a handhold. You've been duped. You fall flat on your face, you die. Um, I think the majority of my deaths... No, I know the majority of my deaths in the game was pulling off this really sick jump, thinking this is absolutely thrilling and landing splat on my face because the game just decided that that's not a handhold and you're going to now plummet to your death. Um, You've got some objects... uh, You mentioned earlier, Zach, you'll get your hands on something like a paraglider. Now, we did see this in the trailer, and it looked very cool. And when you first get it, it is really cool. You get these updrafts around the city that take you right into the sky, and you're drifting around. Your stamina runs out while you're adrift, so you do want to make sure that you hit those updrafts. But if you try and pull out a parachute when you're plummeting to your death, half the time it just doesn't pull, so you're still going to go splat. So, that's, so, the parkour, I actually don't find it to be that much of an improvement on the first Dying Light. I, I think it was an issue I had with the first one as well, where it works best when it's pretty much horizontal. Once you start going vertical, it slows right down, and that's when you see the holes in the system. So, comparing that to games, as I say, like Assassin's Creed and that, where they've really evolved when it comes to traversal, it's a, it's not the best and there's a lot that's not the best. So when I think of Dying Light 2, I think of it as a game in two halves. And uh, we've got the, the the two sort of city districts, Old Villador and Villador. First half of the game takes place in Old Villador. You spend a lot of time um, with with a lot of world building, which I thought was actually probably my highlight of the game. I think that was probably the biggest step up on the first Dying Light. The quality put of writing put into the world building putting into, you know, why these factions belong here, why these people have come to live the way they do. There's so much set up to build this kind of um, idea of society that's functioning or trying to function as basically the last refuge in the known world. And then the writing itself is still a huge improvement and, and voice acting too, huge improvement on the first Dying Light, which I thought was pretty atrocious in the writing and voice acting territory. But it is a bit consistent. I think um, you fellas might have been a little harder on it than me. I thought it was never not entertaining. Like, there are definitely points where it's bad, but I never not enjoyed the writing. I was always entertained by it, even if it was a bit ho-hum, particularly when, I don't know, it, it, it does reach a point where it seems like the developers probably just pulled folks from, you know, around the block to come into the office and do their voice acting, because it's a, it's a smorgasbord of accents and it's a smorgasbord of quality, um, but, for, but for the most part, I would say it's absolutely entertaining and probably the highlight for me. Graphically, it's I, I, I think it looks like an improvement on the first one, but I think there are still far better looking games on the, platform, on, on the PlayStation 5, which is what we've played on. Um, but for the most part, as long as you're running in performance mode, it's mm-hmm. fairly smooth. I didn't really have much in the way of issues. The other graphics modes run like absolute toilet.
1: Looks like a flip book if you play it in fidelity mode. Oh it's my rough. goodness! Fuck.
2: And and you're trying to move at high speeds and do like acrobatic and shit and you know dodge and weave. You can't do it. You can't do it unless you play it on performance mode. I know it sounds a bit hot. You know maybe a bit like I'm exaggerating, but you'll see what I mean.
0: No, it's uh it's very rough. And just on the visuals, I think from if you're like on top of a building and you're looking out into the city, you know, with all the derelict buildings and whatnot in the distance, I actually think it looks like pretty good. Uh, there's some pretty good vistas there like there's one of the scenes right at like the very very start when you're uh, having when you're just before you've actually before you go into the city you're on that rooftop sort of or that balcony or whatever it is you know i I think it like it it looks quite good and there are moments like that but when you get up close is when you go this is a bit rough and that's not. A, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just scope of like and budget of the game. You know, the scope for this game is massive, um, and they clearly don't have the budget to make it look like God of War. You know, you know every detail is not schmick. Yeah, you, know, you you look at some. I've, I took a, a screenshot. Um, and you look at like one of the like the tire wheels, and it looks like it's from a fucking PS2 game or something. Um, but you know, it's fine. I, like like none of that stuff like took me out of it. So visually uh but yeah you're right though the visual uh no the graphics mode or whatever it's called is junk uh, yeah. that needs some love
2: yeah performance is the only real functioning graphics mode even if you like your 30 frames per second modes you're not going to hit anywhere close to 30 frames in those other modes look there's a couple of other things i'll quickly mention in terms of the things that i enjoyed is a short list unfortunately. Um, in the first half of the game, Old Villador, the quality of the side quests I thought was pretty damn good. So it almost functions in a way similar to The Witcher 3 in that the side quests can affect the main story in, in small but noticeable ways. So you end up building, oh, I felt like I was ended up building like quite some good connections with some of the characters and how I got invested with their side missions because they were quite labyrinthine in how they Um, links between other characters and how conversations developed and my actions were actually having impacts on other character relationships, both with my character and within the factions themselves. So that was really neat. And then I'm not sure if we made it very clear, but one of the mechanics introduced here is that you do need to manage an infection meter for your character. So if you ever move out of sunlight, if you ever move into a building or you're basically sitting in shade, you've got this infection meter that starts timing down. Um, so you want to manage that. It creates, particularly when you're playing during the night time, which is already enough high stress because you've got these very powerful enemies that can take you down very, very quickly. You've also got to deal with the fact that you want to try and reach either UV lights or have particular medications with you that can boost up your infection meter because if that goes low, it's, it's pretty much a, a dead state. Now, your infection meter is because right at the start of the game... I would say this isn't a spoiler because it's pretty much in the in the title.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't include it in my re- review, but yeah, I mean, you can. I think you're, I think you're right though. Like it is, it, I mean, you find out pretty much what, in the first twenty minutes.
2: I mean, it's it's absolutely pivotal to not just your yeah. character but the state of the world right at the within the first yeah, fifteen. Mm-hmm. So just quickly yeah. on the, yeah. the
1: consumable front, I don't think I've ever felt more seen than the main character for a game running for 20 minutes at night and then needing to smash a puffer. So just need to <laughs> just need to throw that out there, having to to grab an inhaler after taking a few steps. Thanks. Thanks Techland. I feel represented, feel, feel vindicated. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, but yeah, so on the, inf- so your character is infected um, as I believe the rest of the world, well, Rest of the city is and everything, at least that city, yeah. And you've all got this biomarker thing that shows how deadly or how bad like your infection is. Um, and yeah, so and that's what I was talking about, like with the immunity. So, if you're at night or in the shade or in like dull or dim areas, like if you're in a building that's underground or something or whatever, um, yeah, you'll have a certain amount of time that you can be without sunlight or UV light pretty much. and that's where you yeah, if you upgrade your your health with the inhibitors, which are found across the world, and you need three of them to upgrade at a time. Um, yeah, you'll you'll get more um, immunity for that. The yeah. other thing. Sorry, no, do you have more? You want to. No, on?
2: that that's that's probably it on my list of pros before i take a sharp tack in the other direction if you want to close off the good chat
0: well kieran you've uh, sat patiently kieran and Adam, what did you think of it like because you you obviously ha- haven't finished it so what are your thoughts so far
3: uh i don't think i'm going to bother finishing it if that paints a picture at all okay i feel like um, what if i said
0: let's play four player co-op
3: uh, maybe but oh, yeah. <laughs> even then, <laughs> like I said, I'm like 12 to 15 hours in and I think I've like, I've, I feel like the game's peaked at what it's going to show me. And even if it hasn't, like, I don't care anymore. Um, there's, yeah, I mean, you know, you both have kind of gone over everything, but um, I just feel like it feels, I, I feel, it feels too much like I'm playing a game. At like the point that I'm at, like everything that I do in the in the game world is motivated by trying to beat the systems that it's set up, and I don't like that. In a in an open world game, it's like you know, like you were saying about finding resources, like the trophies and the infected and stuff. In the first Dying Light, if I went out, like I hated going out at night because it was freaky as fuck. Like everything mm. was dangerous. It sucked. And, like, that's the biggest thing I remember about the original game more than, like, what the story was or what the gameplay was. I'm, like, going out at night was fucked and I hated it. And that's, like, a good thing. But in this one, I go out at night constantly because I want to collect shit to feed the RPG systems. And that kind of, like, Mm. ruins that whole aspect for me of, like, the fear of, like, you know, what will happen at night, the uber tough zombies and stuff. I'm, like, nah, I'm not scared of these guys they have, like, item X and Y and Z, so I, I'm just going to, like, clean them up and pick everything up and, you know, go sleep and wait till day and go craft stuff. So, I don't know. Like, I don't... I, I feel like the, the systems just get in the way of pretty much everything. Um, and, they, and they, they And they drag everything out and they... they, they, they grindy as fuck. Yeah. I just... Mm. I don't... Yeah. Whatever... The, the mix that it's got of, like, world and, and systems like just doesn't work for me at all
0: i feel like see this is where and like i definitely agree that it like it drags its feet it you know bloats itself but this is where co-op sort of mitigates a lot of that like i feel like these issues probably wouldn't be as prominent because we're all having fun we're all having a chat you know yeah um and then that's not to say that that we shouldn't criticize it but i feel like that not having co-op does emphasize its flaws a lot more than what it would have, yeah. If it didn't, oh, sorry. If if co op was was here, because yeah, yeah. Um, I just,
3: yeah. I feel like it, it needed it needs editing. Like a reduction in scope would have done so much for this game. You've nailed it. Um, yeah. Especially like yeah, just the, the amount of yeah the amount of like when they were saying it's five hundred hours long, that's because like you said, you've got to go every for every twenty hours of gameplay, you have got to go back and do another ten of it to get your shit back. Or to like mm, get yeah. ready for the next ten hours, or you know all of that stuff, and yeah. the and that's
0: why yeah. like losing the resources, like I said all the yeah. stuff that you've craft that you've crafted, like that's why that sucks because yeah. you have to then go out and invest more time into getting it, only to know that at some point if you die, and I'm I'm cool with it taking the stuff away from you if it's if you're just doing shit like w- mm. within the world, but if you're doing a mission. You know at a certain point and you're back at, at the checkpoint of that mission and, and it's gone I feel like that's unfair yeah it's just like um, it's
3: like the game doesn't know like the game thinks that the like the bits that it thinks are fun are not the bits that are fun and there's too much of that and the bits that are fun it's there's not enough and you've got to work so hard to get to it
0: um yeah well in my review i, I there, there, there is one moment and you guys wouldn't have come across it yet but there's there's a sequence or part of a mission late in the game that involves an elevator. I'll I'll just say that. And um, it's just where, like, for me, it's one of those little moments of the game, these core nuggets of the game, Mm. where it it all just comes together. Like, uh, the stakes feel high. Um, The music is just, like, it it just makes you feel like... It just increases the tension. The voice acting is superb, and it feels, like, authentic and, and real. Like, And you can imagine someone in this situation where you, you and you just want to like fucking get it done like you want to get what you'd, you you know but then those moments are too far between from yeah the story point of view yeah um it's just yeah
3: even in the first half of the game there's plenty of that where you're like yeah this is sick like um or like the the kind of like mission or sequence of missions where you go from the first area to the second for the first time i felt like most of that was pretty good and then when you get out into it and you're like, oh, I can do all this cool shit, and this is like a new area. It's like that's really exciting, and then it's like, oh no, it's I'm just doing more fucking picking shit up. Um, and there's yeah, like there's, a good, there's like a, so, I, f- I feel like there's like a really good sort of rhythm that you can you can strike when like Nathan said when you're running horizontally, uh, that's really cool. And then like you might like jump out of a window into another building and suddenly you've got all these like uh infected in there that are like you know in that kind of sleeping state and you're like oh okay cool like five seconds five seconds ago i was doing parkour now i'm sneaking now i'm picking up this cool thing now i'm gonna fight this big zombie like when it, when it flows really well mm. it's actually really 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 good and a lot of fun but it just it stops too much
0: yeah and that's yeah like i think a lot of the systems get in the way of it like and that's where I, you know i was getting pulled away because I like I needed stuff to craft all this other shit, but you know, you you walk past a bus and every fucking bus has the exact same lootable bags and whatnot yeah. in the exact <laughs> same positions, and it's all copy and paste, and that's fine, like it's whatever. But like, I can know that's there, like it's in my head. I go, okay, that bus I know has got three bags in it. I'm gonna go loot that. Oh, another bus, so I go and loot it, but and that's on me, but it's on Techland.
2: But it's it's a perfect example of what Kieran was saying and I couldn't agree more, the game just lures you in with atmosphere but then puts you on a treadmill of just game systems that aren't actually that engaging so you're right, you'll go through buses and you'll go okay, here's the 600th handbag that I've held the square button on just to get three bolts and a piece of leather (laughs) gonna have to do this another 600 times just so I can craft a handful of medical items to take into the next fight and those medical items aren't even going to restore a quarter of my health if i'm in the second half of the game absolutely tedious
0: yeah that's yeah it's a bit because it wants you to go out and do all that bullshit basically but the reward
2: Um, and return on investment wanes at such a deadly drop off
0: adam you've i did say you and kieran could go and then we just went again Talk to me. Talk to us. And again.
2: Some, yeah, ray of sunshine. Um,
1: I think I'm probably having more fun with it than Kieran is, but I also don't plan on going back to it by myself, um, but that's by design. So I could feel that the game was starting to take a downward spiral Uh, not too long after getting into the second area. Like, like Kieran said, you get into that second area, you get given the paraglider, and it's just... It, the opportunities seemingly open up massively until you realize, oh, uh, this doesn't actually change anything. If anything, it makes it more awkward than anything, um, particularly with traversal. So instead of fighting against that, I decided to completely drop off and wait for the game to release because I know I have two friends that are keen on playing it. And I think the game will be an absolute fucking blast with a couple of mates picking apart the bad things and really emphasizing and enjoying the good things because it's it's said a lot that oh you know oh this game's meant to be played in co-op or meant to be played multiplayer that shouldn't be an excuse and I don't think it is especially not for this because realistically it is a single player experience like you are the protagonist you're not one of 10 you're not one of three you're one person a named person but For my continued enjoyment, I I think I just have to wait for for that co-op experience. Because I think it will be a hell of a lot of fun, but I think I've, like Kieran said, I think I've got everything out of it that I will playing by myself. And I'm I'm pretty okay with that at this stage.
0: The other thing I want to touch on that I did save for last, because it's probably not going to be as relevant when the game launches, but the performance Mm -hmm. on PS5 is... was pretty fine. bad See, this <laughs> no, is, shut up Adam <laughs> this is such a bizarre um, topic or part of this conversation is that so instantly Kieran and I we had issues um, with the game just crashes uh, or constant crashes like I, I, I probably had nearly 30 crashes overall in my game um, most of them were fine they weren't like at a bad time. They were just when I was just fucking around in the world. But there was, you know, there were a couple that were mid mission that I, you know, I had to go back and sort of start again. Um, but yeah, so it crashed a lot. Uh, I had a bunch of other bugs like uh, I would craft items and they wouldn't show up in my inventory. Uh, so I know that I. I think I like five molotovs or something like that four or five molotovs and I was like all right sweet like I'm good to go and they just weren't there but all but all the resources were gone and I was like maybe maybe just maybe I haven't equipped it so I went back in you know before I was like fuck you game so I went into my inventory not there and I was like Are you taking the piss uh, so that was, you know, pretty frustrating because, you know, it's just, it's a waste of time, you know, going and finding all that stuff to, to then have them taken away. Um, I had, you know, people get stuck in the environment many times. I had quest objectives that didn't trigger. Um, just, it, it wasn't a good time. There was a patch that came through maybe the middle of the review period that did clean up a lot of it. Um, and since... I don't know, I think there's been three patches, I, w- I want to say, during the review period. The third patch, I haven't had a crash since. Um, the first patch fixed most of the crashing, but I had a handful since, and they were the ones that were in like the real terrible timing um, during missions and stuff. But Nathan, no... Oh, sorry, Kieran, you had issues from the start. Mm. Your experience is pretty much the same as mine.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, just lots of, lots of crashing, um, lots of weird, just weird shit. Um, I think I, I think we, I mentioned this off-party like a while ago, but there was a good maybe two to three hours of the game where I was able to like spam the X button to like clamber up walls for no reason, um, where like the game <laughs> thought I was on, the, on like a slope where you can kind of like do that little hustle, um, but it was applying that to like every vertical surface. Um, so that was like, I mean, that was probably more fun than the regular parkour for a little <laughs> bit, but...
0: I had a, a moment like that in a boss fight where... If I backed it up against the wall and just kept going back, you would walk backwards up the wall. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah.
2: Good, so, yeah. I'm the spot man.
0: Anything else or is that just... Did you guys ha- have any items that didn't like you crafted them? In I the, don't in think the I noticed
2: anything like that. Couldn't speak to that specifically. Certainly got my own laundry list of other issues. Far away. Sec... Let me just i pre- will preface this by saying, like I did earlier and restating again, the game felt like it was in two halves. You've got your old Villador, you've got your new Villador, and the, the diversity of and quality of content between the two is night and day. So you start an old Villador, game is very tight, and I'd say you get your money's worth just out of enjoying that. That's when the game is really tight, it feels well edited, quests seem to flow well together, and it doesn't feel too, like there's too much bloat, things are scaling. And then you hit... Villador You, You effectively get into the second zone And the game loses all of that The game is bloated out the arse None of the side quests really seem to matter anymore The story has a lot of contradictions Characters are making reference to events That either have happened And they shouldn't know about Or haven't happened And you're not sure why it's even being discussed There's been just plot threads that are dangled That are either left or tied off In the most weird of ways It feels super duper rushed um, but I was having issues in the vicinity of second half of the game. Uh, I couldn't tell you what half of the plot was because um, most of the cutscenes and the dialogue would just skip through. Had that, yeah. So you, yeah, so you wouldn't be able to tell what was going on. Um, almost the entire second half of the game, I had no sound effects. Uh, so that made it that really took a lot of the immersion out. Had issues like Zach was saying, where characters, myself and others, would end up in the environment. And like Zach said, also you know, last boss fight, you think you'd be pumped. Uh, my car- the, the the enemy character did a jump and jumped straight into the environment. Their first jump was meant to be like this really scary pounce that they were going to pounce towards me. pounce straight into the environment and we're just stuck there. Um, so I had to find like creative ways to kill myself. Like so, same issue that he had there. Um, also had in the vicinity of 30 crashes, and again, the crashes only started for me very specifically as soon as I hit the second area. Also, there was a patch released at the same time. So when I hit the second area, there was a patch. I don't know which of the two set it off. I had issues with broken quest chains. I had issues where quests wouldn't allow me to progress because a door would require a context-specific button to open. I'd have to press square to open said door... But the button prompt on the door would say circle. Now circle is crouch. She'd be spamming circles till the cows come home. That door ain't going to open. That door requires you to progress the, the, the quest. So um, I'm stuffed. So there was stuff like that that would put a complete halt to me. There was also an issue where you could effectively break, almost break the game's progress. Because I hit the second area, fast travelled back to the first one without unlocking a fast travel area in the second zone. So I had no way of fast traveling back to where the game actually wanted me to be. And the game had actually pretty much closed off any legitimate way of traversing between these two zones. So I had to do some sneaky business and kind of bend the parkour systems and bend the traversal systems in a way that they're not supposed to. Taking advantage of sort of glitching into the environment to actually get back to where the game's back on its rails and then I think the most damning part for me is the combat. By the time you've reached the end of the game, the combat doesn't actually scale with the difficulty anymore. The, for the combat to scale, it scales in regards to how much time you're willing to invest in upgrading upgrading weapons, upgrading your blueprints for consumables. And if you're not willing to put in the time to go and source all those mundane little items, just because they are expensive upgrades, and there's a lot of them... You could easily spend dozens upon dozens of hours trying to upgrade these things and it's really not worth it because it's just slowing down the game's pace. You could just try and get lucky and make your way through the story regardless without them. It's going to be harder and it's an artificial difficulty. So, what, I I guess what that ends up being is in the last few fights um, towards the end of the game, you're coming across enemies that can effectively bonk you onto the ground in one hit. You're your supposed comeback is that you've got to dodge and weave and dodge and weave to put attacks back onto them, but they effectively become sponges. So you can be swinging your bats left, right, left, right for you know dozens of swings and dozens of swings. and that's all you're doing. You're just swinging left, right, left right, left, right to try and bring down enemies. There's no dynamic. There's nothing, the game doesn't add anything to spice up the combat. You've seen everything that the game has to offer in the first half. There's nothing new to reignite that dynamic in the second half, except everyone just becomes a sponge. So it really is a game of two halves. That first half, when the game was running well, wasn't getting any of those crashes or bugs, and it was a really tight experience, loved it. I would say it was easily my favorite Techland game, bar none, and I'd probably give it as high as an 8.5 or a 9. I feel very, very differently having seen the credits. And just lastly, when I hit the credits, halfway through the credits, my PlayStation said it was shutting down. I was like, why is it shutting down? The game fucking crashed my PlayStation, wouldn't turn back on, had to like pull all the cords out, let it cycle the power. It was like sending signals to my controller where the lights were spazzing out. I thought, oh, this is it. After 30 crashes, my console's just finally given up. I, I, April, I said to April who was with me, this game, and, and she would agree with me as well, because she would hear me raging about the crashes performed. And I, this is not quite fair, because the game hasn't released yet, hasn't had its, you know, day one fixes and that, but it easily played far worse for me than launch Cyberpunk 2077. Hands down, no debate. Oof.
0: Hmm. I've, I've
2: got to just jump in,
1: Nathan, because that sounds like a rough experience. But my experience was far worse. I had the music stop mid cutscene once. That was his be- one bug.
0: I that can't was my bug. We have not had a crash at all.
1: No, you not lucky fucker. I genuinely my compared to In Fantasy, I have had little mostly visual glitches here and there. But compared to everyone else's experience, mine has been almost flawless.
2: Did you get the blinking?
1: I oh, like three or four times. Tops, no, I heard there, I the think.
2: entire game from start to finish where the game would blink, like it would just go black and blink. Um, it was literally know, it like wasn't your consistent. character was blinking, but I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> no, it, it was really jarring and it wasn't consistent. It's not like you could go, it's going to blink every 10 seconds. It might be every two seconds. It could be every 30 seconds. driving me insane. Now that game's really worn my patience thin by the time I've cleared it. So I think KB's made a good call to just get the best hours out of it. Maybe just put it aside probably doesn't need to see the end
3: i don't care about any anything anyone has to do or say in that game anyway so
2: and the the stakes aren't there for you to really give that shit
3: and the dialogue is i have i have (laughs) my biggest pet peeve about dialogue in a video game and like it's it's a matter i guess it's like it's totally a matter of budget and probably like pandemic challenges and stuff but When no one in the voice cast is giving any direction on how to pronounce things, so every (sighs) five characters in one room pronounces the same name differently, I'm like, this is... Yes. Get out with this shit. Like, just have a sheet that's like, this is how you pronounce this character's name. And just make everyone read that so they're not all doing it differently.
1: Um, And also... It's like the Han Solo, Han Solo thing in Star Wars.
3: Um, And I don't don't (laughs) know if anyone else, like, was bothered by this. And it's like a really weird um, complaint, but it's probably my biggest one of the game but they just make up a bunch of fucking sayings and idioms that nobody's ever used ever that don't mean anything or make any sense. Like you'll be talking to a character about like someone that's died and he'll be like, oh, you know, the naked bear who like eats the first toilet never gets the bird. And you're like, what? (laughs) Like nobody's ever said that in the history of any, like that means nothing. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like every second character had some weird idiom that they'd made up that didn't i don't
1: know it's the end of the world man it's a think of it as a a clean slate you don't like kill two birds with one stone make something else up
3: it's it's fucking Uh,
2: stupid i hate it it. it's the walking dead (laughs) issue where everyone becomes a vacuous philosopher all
0: right well let's um let's wrap up because we've gone on for eight about this but here's my conclusion on 500 hours of podcast my final score, yeah, fucking hell, and there's lots to talk about still. So we might have to. I'm not too sure yet. Anyway, my final thoughts are: is that Twilight, uh, Twilight Two: Stay Human could have been one of the highlights of the year, but a disappointing story, some frustrating design choices, and performance issues means it's means it doesn't cash in on its potential. And I get, I give it seven point five out of ten. Um, yep. I like like I actually had fun when I had fun, but when yes. I didn't have fun, the game stunk. And it it sounds like it a saying from the game. When you have fun, you have got... fun. When you don't have fun, it stinks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've written here is that to say, dying light two is is a mixed bag. isn't Isn't fair. Um, but that, but that's, but that's how I felt. Like at times, I thought this game, just, what is this game? It's just. Anyway, enough on that. So you can, you can check out the review uh, now. That, that'll be live a couple of days after this goes live. Um, all right. So very, very quickly, because I haven't actually written my preview yet, but I can talk about uh, I actually got to see 30 minutes or 20-ish minutes of Ghostwire Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, um, but I've been too busy fucking fetching resources in Dying Light to <laughs> have any sort of preview and, and stuff ready. so... This is all pretty much off the top of my head and what I can remember from the game, so forgive me if it, if it's not not great. Uh, there is there would should hopefully be a preview up on the site now because this is going live when this preview. Or sorry, when this embargo launches or finishes. Sorry. Um, cool. Yeah. So Ghost by Tokyo is the new game from Tango Gameworks, which is Bethesda owned or Microsoft owned. Uh, so it's I guess it's the last potential Bethesda game that we'll see on on uh, playstation it is a the ps5 exclusive most likely for 12 months again um just to clear things up because i was i had forgotten this and that was that's my bad Kiri made sure i um was well aware though is that this game is not a horror game so if you are like me and maybe maybe had forgotten that this wasn't going to be a horror game give me a is call action, i'll set the record game. straight sorry yeah send um, me an email
3: i'll send you back the fucking quotes
1: <laughs> it's spooky it's
0: spooky um cool so you you play is yeah so we saw a new trailer maybe i think yeah we saw a new trailer and got a little bit of um talking from the director who i've forgotten the name my apologies someone can google that whatever um but the, i mean it was it was like what 30 seconds long if that not probably not even um one thing probably to to go with straight up is it is not launching march 24 that was rumored so uh back when we talked about this uh on the news a couple couple weeks ago i actually did know that this wasn't coming um but you know couldn't couldn't say anything so uh they did say that it is in the final polishing stages so i would say that as we discussed i think kieran we discussed on, on the podcast that week was that it may have been slated to launch then but then it's been pushed back um or delayed so that's it is scheduled for spring which is autumn our our seasons excuse me um, so yeah, it should be here should be here by May I would I thought the next state of play that we would see it but um, maybe not because they've just announced one for Gran Turismo so it turns out I got no idea but the story is set in around, centered around a guy, a character called Kito um, who has been fused or become infused with another character i think it's kk is the character's name um i don't sorry i don't have my notes with me um but i believe that's the name it it essentially gives Akito um some some powers to their uh the setting of the or the atmosphere of of the of the game is fantastic I, i was a bit skeptical when we when it got shown off was it the State of Play last year? Or when it was last trade off, I, I was like, oh, this maybe is taken a turn that I don't quite jive with. Um, but I did get to see the preview footage twice, um, once when it was live, and they did have it up for an, an, an additional viewing. Uh, the second time around, I, I did kind of, I did like more of what I saw. But the, yeah, so the atmosphere is, is awesome. Like the abandoned uh like tokyo city with you know with all the lights and everything going on is, is is very cool uh and scattered around the tokyo are these almost forbidden siren-esque enemies uh there's like a faceless sort of person in a suit with like an umbrella and i think uh if, if when you attack this character or this enemy the umbrella takes more damage i think um so, yeah, and there's some other enemies there. It looks like, I, I don't want to say it looks like Dishonored, but it gave me Dishonored vibes because uh, my uh, knowledge of maybe like magical kind of games is not great. But, um, yeah, so to combat these characters, yeah, he does this sort of motion with his hand and sort of, it's almost like a magical laser kind of thing. It's not like a laser, but it's like a, like a little mem- like a power. And it'll attack them. Oh fuck off! Um, and uh, now I forgot what I was saying. Yeah. So and then uh, you can actually do this. Um, uh, I can't, it's called weaving, I think, from memory. So you can actually you take their soul or, or something like that, um, and you can sort of chain those together. The combat is probably the only part that I didn't think looked amazing. Probably need to see more of it i feel like it got very repetitive because on the on, on on the short um viewing that we had uh it was all sort of the same there was no towards the end i thought maybe it would have been a good chance for them to to show maybe another power if if there is um but yeah like the enemies look like really cool the environment looks, looks really cool combat's probably the only thing I'm, I'm a bit skeptical of for now i just need i just need to see more story um i don't know if it's going to be no sorry there, there was there was a mixture of english voiceover and japanese voiceover in the video good. and um based on what i heard like i i think i'm going to rock with the uh, japanese voiceovers and just go the, the subs because that that sounded very good um I'm pretty. I'm pretty curious of where the story's going to go. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I wish I had my notes here with me, but they're on my laptop. Sorry. Um, but yeah, the, the preview will will be up. I don't know if you guys have got any questions. Maybe I can try and answer them as I, yeah. best as possible. But but I might. My memory's a bit vague because it's all sort of dying light at the moment. But shoot. Um, I have a.
3: I guess a couple of things, because I don't want to know too much, to be honest. I want to go in fairly, like... I want to be surprised a little bit, because I am pretty keen for it. Um, but one of my... I guess one of the things I liked most, because I didn't like the first Evil Within at all, but I really, really, really enjoyed the second one. And I think that was mainly down to the structure. I liked the way that it had kind of the that segmented open world, but then it would constantly take you into those little, like, vignetted, like, you'd go into a house, and it'd be like... You know this whole sequence of stuff that you don't see in the rest of the game is it like is there a bit of that like is it structured more like an open world or? yeah
0: so it definitely feels like a semi-open world like evil within 2 and uh there are i mean this is only based off like a, a short little um preview but yeah. so the world of tokyo it's almost like those little like those that town in the evil within 2 i can't remember what it was called but you know what i mean and and then you, you you go into another section. So in this in the preview, we saw the character go into like a house, for example, um, and then experience uh, some gameplay or yeah. you know a sequence there. So I think it's it's going to be very similar. Um, it definitely won't be. I don't think it'll be open world for sure. Uh, I'd be very very surprised because it doesn't seem like the, the kind of game that would do that or the kind of studio that would do that. I think the semi open world like the Evil Within is probably as far as it goes yeah like it doesn't it doesn't need to be open world um not everything needs to be open world no um so yeah no, i think i think from what i saw i think I think you'll like it i think you, you might like it more than maybe i will um i'm just not sold on on the combat yet so yeah fair but there's lots of it that i do that i'm I am keen to see more of, and this is only like, a, you know, this is a, a little dip in the toes in. This is, you know, hardly anything, um, but it, uh, just for context, what I did see was sort of at the beginning of the game. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, Nathan, did you, or did someone have a question, or did I? I did, you? I
2: did. Yeah. So you've mentioned combat there, and it's something that you're a bit on the fence about. Um, so I know it's like, I know it's a first-person game, but what I, I just can't quite wrap my head around what what the combat's drawing on so like would you compare it to uh, like combat any other first person shooters i assume or
0: no so it's not it's not a shooter it's uh, it's because i there's not a lot to go off it's sort of and that's why i said dishonored's kind of it's like a that's probably the most one that i've thought hey this looks like a bit of you know inspired by dishonored um it's definitely ranged combat though right correct correct yeah yeah so it's not like close up so it is that sort of power-based combat or uh, i I assume you call it power-based or like magic based or you know um combat where yeah so from afar yeah you'll uh the the only other thing with the combat and this is sort of made me not sort of sold on it completely is that it looked pretty easy and i know that's probably wrong to say because it'll be a you know a, a playthrough that's designed to you know not make it look too hard and stuff but the ai did seem a little bit dumb at um some points um but i mean the like the power base much like decided sort of, like the power based or that sort of the skills i think it has potential to have some pretty cool shit so if i expand on it um it, it could be quite cool it's just that from what i saw it, it was it was all pretty much the, the same at, at no point in the combat did the power base change the only thing that we did see um was that he got access to a bow and arrow so that was the only other weapon that we did see um and again it was just didn't feel like it had had any weight to it or any sort of oomph behind it It just felt a bit i don't know basic but Hmm. again hopefully you know when the game comes that'll um that'll be you know that that'll be fleshed out a bit more
3: i feel like that's like a tough thing to sorry no, anyway. I was gonna say I feel like I feel like it's a tough thing to translate into into combat because like like from I guess from like the, the trailers and stuff that they have put out so far, it seems really steeped in like, you know, Japanese mysticism and like yokai spirits and stuff. Yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. a lot so of that it's... isn't like super combative. It's very like you
0: know ritual based and like you know cleansing based. I'm glad you bring that up because um, you've reminded me. Yeah, so the, it does look, look like it does. You know, definitely dive into that um at one point and you'll actually all three of you will, will love this but at one point um in our uh, video the main character goes into this like convenience store and there's this like magical cat fuck yeah that well that was of... what my question i was leading up to i was like is there like good spirits as well um well i mean i, mean... It, I guess it's implied that this you know that this is a good cat you know, fuck good yeah good cat bad cat but um <laughs> But yeah, uh, and then in terms of the rituals, there are like, uh, I can't think, what, what are those, I don't want to be like insensitive, but those shapes, the wooden structures, like the gates. Tory are, gates. The, yeah, um, yeah, so they're like blocked off by spirits and stuff. So once you defeat enemies in, in their vicinity, you can unlock them with, again, with like another power. Um, but just back onto the, and this is the problem with a hands-off. Oh yeah, I should mention this is all hands-off. And this is the problem with a hands-off experiences this that that gameplay when you're actually hands-on that that might feel completely different um and you know things like the adaptive triggers might make you know the tension on like the bow bit like be there so um little things like that you know i'm reserving judgment i'm not going to criticize it too harshly um because you know it was only like a, a very very brief showing but i'm still keen it was on my list of most anticipated games for the year it's still there so um yeah, I'm keen to see more and we should, if, if they're saying it's going to launch in spring, yeah, I mean, it should be, I think, uh, March to, to May, I think, is 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 autumn, so yeah. All right, I'm um, sorry, excuse me, we've been uh, going an hour and a half, so we'll cut off the rest of the news, unless, as you know, Adams, sorry, excuse me, done, done some quick things, but We'll quickly, quickly dive into the big story because there's been, obviously been a big story this week. Um, last week, we talked about Microsoft buying Bethesda, uh, sorry, uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about Sony buying Bungie, which was surprising, um, not in the fact that they made an acquisition, but maybe who, who it was. And I just want to make it very, very clear that I believe all of us are under the... You know we are quite well well aware that this deal would have been in the works for a long time before. Yes. Um, definitely so wasn't reactionary. <laughs> and, and any uh, uh, opinion that I have is not based on um, you know this being a retaliation to to Microsoft. Um, Correct. Yeah. So, firstly. Three point six billion US dollars for Bungie. What are we, like what what were our first thoughts?
2: I was more uh, surprised that Bungie, like if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, Bungie only went independent what like three years ago. Yeah. Now they're jumping back under a flagship. Hey, good on you know that that's on them. Um, I was just just thought that was an interesting little character arc.
3: Yeah, I feel like. They, I I feel like they definitely went independent because of a disagreement in values with their previous (laughs) previous publisher. Um, So I I think that definitely like whatever their side of this deal was, other than the monetary side of things, they must there's there's some values aligning there for sure. Where you know Sony said you know we we agree with what you're doing, we agree with the direction you're taking. Because I feel like yeah, like you said, they only just got their independence. They wouldn't be throwing that around willy-nilly for any amount of money i would
2: think and on the monetary value the what did you say
0: Hmm. 3.6 yes it's 3.6 us which equates to just over 5 billion australian schmackos
2: so yeah i just want to double check my facts here but uh the the minecraft acquisition to microsoft was 2.5 billion and i would have if you'd asked me any day of the week even today i'd still say that Minecraft would be the more influential property, uh, probably. Uh, there's not another argument to be made as to which one would bring in more revenue. Um, but, but, you know, I was excited to see yeah. that it, it's arguably got the higher valuation. Um, I've, I've always been uh, into, into Destiny, so I'm, 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 I'm hoping that a price like that is, I've, you know, mm, going to see them succeed. I
3: feel like if they were just buying Destiny, the IP, it would definitely wouldn't mm. have come close to 2.0 or whatever Minecraft was. Do you know
2: what I feel else Bungie comes with?
3: <laughs> not much, <laughs> like, but, but they're, they're everything else is stitched whoa. up with but other publishers. But they're they're buying the could. rights to like they're buying well not buying, but you know, they're acquiring Bungie under their umbrella. There's a lot of yeah. inherent value in that. And obviously one of the motivations that they spoke about for doing it, uh, or that is, you know, people are talking about for them doing it is their talent in live service games and stuff. So I feel like you know, there's a portion that's, oh, we're going to hold the Destiny IP, but there's definitely a portion that's like, oh, we can utilize these resources as well. Like Minecraft this didn't come right. with resources, yeah. essentially.
0: They've also got a new IP in the works, so they are working on a new IP.
2: And um, um, Bungie is said to have a proprietary uh, sort of dynamic peer-to-peer slash um, server-based connection yeah. model for their live service yeah, games. so they're buying technology So you get the well. boast of both yeah. worlds. Um, in, in effect, I, I don't know if you folks recall from having played Destiny, I assume you folks have, have played Destiny, but you could. I was clanned up with an American clan, which should result in a significant amount of latency, and it didn't because of the hybrid technology that Bungie have themselves, that's their sort of like little state secret. Yeah. Um, so it's this kind of technological wizardry where you can play with people on the other side of the world and you don't really perceive the latency issues, which is. Huge, yeah. in a first-person shooter game like I've that. I've Never
3: had anything but a smooth time with both Destiny games,
2: mm. so
3: there's something there for sure.
0: All right, I'll quickly read through uh, the announcement. But um, so this is from Big Jimbo, um, and he says, uh, First off, I want to be very clear that to the co- yeah, sorry, first off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher." So this is huge, just just by itself. Yeah. But we'll touch on that in a sec. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies, whatever that means, and collaboration between these two world-class groups. i spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons. goes on there a little bit. Um, then it talks a bit about here. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of... Of millions of games, Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible p- proprietary tools that will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Hulst's leadership. Uh, and then uh, Bungie CEO Pete Parsons said that instantly we've found a partner who unconditionally supports us. We, so that so that that wording is interesting. Yeah. Um, but that might be having a dig, maybe at Activision there, or maybe a bit of both. Who knows? Um, who unconditionally supports us in all we in all we are, and who and who wants to accelerate our vision to create generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independence that beats in Bungie's heart. Like uh, like us, Sony believes that game worlds are only the beginning of what what our IPs can become. Together, we share a dream of creating and fostering icon- iconic franchises that unite friends and friends around the world, families across generations, and fans across multiple platforms and entertainment mediums so there's some key takeaways there i mean the first one being obviously the first line of uh, jimbo's statement that bungie will remain independent multi-platform uh, and they will p- publish their own shit so the question remains is what does multi-platform mean now they've come out and pretty much said that destiny will not go anywhere and i believe maybe bungie said it as well maybe post post this announcement they come out and said that all their games are going to be multi-platform, but I maybe don't hold me to that. But that wording is interesting because that could just mean that it's coming to PlayStation and PC. Could, could, for like future, future games, right? Like like there is room for them to to do that in in that statement. But another thing about this is this is, I feel like this is not a dig, but maybe a little bit of a dig at Microsoft, a little bit here um because straight off the off you know right out of the gate they've said you don't need to ask us because we're telling you these games are going to be multi-platform so don't worry um you know Destiny's going to stay multi-platform if you play on, on xbox it's going to be on xbox so i feel like that's a, like that's a pretty good move from mm-hmm. Um and if Destiny and, and if any future games do come to xbox for example i think that's, that's also probably a good thing as well um, because, you know, Microsoft's pretty much said the majority of the future games that they've bought um, from the publishers that they're going to go exclusive, Call you know, Call of Duty, sure, but there's too much money on the table for them to, to pull out. So there's that. Um, the independent publisher and studio is, is interesting because and it sort of ties into this because it's like, well, what, like, like, you're right, like, what are PlayStation buying? If they're not going to make it exclusive, you know, what are they, what's the point? What's the point in spending 3.6 billion dollars? Um, and they do sort of touch on it here, you know, they. it sounds like that they do want to be more than just games, so whether that's TV shows, or movies, or stuff, you know, PlayStation is sort of doing that a lot with, you know, you get the Uncharted film and whatever, um, so maybe that's something that they are looking at moving to, and Uh, Do you guys guys have any thoughts on that initial statement or whatever?
2: Probably less the initial statement. I'm a little bit nervous into how they'll distribute what they consider like platform-specific content for Destiny. That's been an issue. Specifically, um, sort of time... They might have dungeons, for example, that will be on PlayStation platforms for 12 months. Um, I think and there might have even been a point where there was particular uh, exotic weapons that were only obtainable on PlayStation platforms. I'd hate to see them turn the dial up on that because that was was always a sort of player-based fragmenting type of issue. I don't know that they're necessarily still doing it or if it's anywhere near as aggressive, but as long as we don't see more of that, that would be positive. So that's kind of a, a concern I have.
0: What if, let's say, um, new new expansion right is coming out, and they go three months time exclusive PlayStation platform. Well, yeah, I mean it's or PC or whatever you know, PlayStation and PC, because because Bungie sounds like it's pretty, it's got a, it's got a lot of goodwill and it's quite invested in that PC market. So I can't see them pulling pulling out of that. Um, but it's whether you know, yeah, because. I don't know. There has to be some form of exclusivity somewhere in this deal, because otherwise, I feel like it, how can that's you, a lot of money. Like what? Like what's the pool? Like, like like why? Like yes, you've got the you know the the tech that they're buying, and the talent, but if you're not going to make people flock to your platforms, what's the purpose? I mean, Destiny's a bit of a cash cow, sure, but um, anyway. Um, so that was the initial statement, Adam. You got any thoughts on that?
1: Not on yet. Yeah, again, not on the initial statement. I think I'm more keen to see what this new IP is and what, well, yeah, what Sony is going to facilitate. Because like we've said on previous podcasts, they seem to want to cultivate creativity a little bit more than maybe the the big greenhouse across the street. So yeah, I'm keen to see where that goes more than anything else. I'm, I haven't played Destiny in in a few years now, so I'm a little bit out of the loop. But um, I don't know, as far as they're concerned, maybe a, a PlayStation 5-shaped Galahorn, maybe. That'd be kind of nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, all right. That's all right.
0: So, much like uh, Phil doing his tour after the announcement, Jim's done a few interviews, um, or at least one that I uh, got here with Games Industry, dot biz um just sort of explaining a bit more about the deal and he did say that, that, that this deal wasn't the work for months before um you know it, the, it was announced you know you know jim just didn't call up old mate at bungee and go hey what's your price and he goes 3.6 jim's like duh blocking him um <laughs> you know after they bought activision so it's got all that mowing, you know, these mowing money doesn't he that's it that's it. And I feel like, um, so, sorry, some, some people have said that perhaps Sony had wind of the Microsoft Activision deal for a while, which I'd be very surprised if that was the case. Uh, I don't know how, how you guys feel about that, but... I don't. No. <laughs> I
3: don't feel about it at all. You know, you don't feel. Anyway,
0: so in this interview with um, Games Industry, it's... I mean it's it's a pretty uh it's a pretty good good read but uh, the probably the biggest takeaway is is right at the end here um so the two things is that uh jim says that uh, this has nothing to do also oh, this had nothing to do with industry consolidation this has everything to do with a shared vision and how we can do things better together that's so that's the first thing so there he sort of says it's got nothing to do with you know, coming, coming back at, at uh, Microsoft. And the second thing is that we should absolutely expect more, he concludes, when talking about um, acquisitions. We are by no means done with... Uh, we are... Yeah, we are no by... Fuck, I can't talk. We are by no means done with PlayStation. We have a long way to go. I will personally be spending a lot of time with Pete and the team at Bungie, uh, helping to make sure that... Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so it sounds like there's more moves, you know, that are going to be announced. Uh, Jeff Keighley did tweet out today that he's heard murmurs of other big takeovers doing the rounds but whatever um this is definitely like an arms race of of sort yeah Um, yeah it is uh so who's next like that that, like that's pretty much the question is that you know who i mean kieran said that ea i think you said you said that last week that ea would be the one that you think they would buy was that you? No, maybe it wasn't you. Uh,
2: we, uh, we were talking um, Adam and that about Ubisoft and Microsoft getting a bit snug.
0: Yeah, but I think I, I, feel I think like, which I'm sympathetic EA. to. I feel like
3: maybe that was like a hypothetical, but I, d- I definitely don't think that that's going to
0: happen. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm saying that you that your hypothetical was that EA because before this acquisition was announced, they actually there was that expert or whatever the fucking guy is. He did say that ea would make a lot of sense and that um yeah but they obviously don't sony doesn't have you know the money that Microsoft does to splash around so i mean fuck 3.6 billion on Bungie when you and when you consider that microsoft bought bethesda for seven mil oh sorry seven mil seven bill um I, yes that's double but with bethesda they like they bought studios they bought ips bought they a, a shitload of Mm. they bought a lot real treasure trove like personally i'm i must say i'm disappointed because i don't really think any big acquisition is good but just to hear that it's bungie is probably a little bit disappointing and that's probably more just the fact that i don't play destiny that much um yeah so and you know it's probably it's in fact but it's probably a good thing because it means they're only taking away destiny if they do that but which they said so that they won't but they're taking away future games right as opposed to buying like a capcom or a square enix or a, yeah and then all their future games are exclusive so this is i guess this is less damaging that way um but yeah i didn't expect it to be bungie yeah
3: i really feel like i feel like it has way less to do with destiny than many many other things no, of course yeah yeah um
0: like i, f- I f- well i've already said it, it's going to be multi-platform so
3: yeah like, they're definitely setting themselves up for some future vision of what they're going to be putting out, which sounds like live service stuff. Like, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, I would be. It's definitely not going to happen. But I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Bungie is making PlayStation Home 2 or some stupid, like, okay. you know, meta- metaverse <laughs> bullshit. Um, oh, no. But, like yeah and I, like i think i said it on twitter i could easily see them like putting them to work on a horizon monster hunter-esque live service game or you know tapping into that side of the things because like y- playstation's like one of their biggest sources of revenue is playstation plus so whatever they can do yeah. to keep people invested in that ecosystem is worth whatever money they're spending like that's they get more in revenue from PlayStation Plus in one year than it took them to buy bungie. So if that sets them up for another 10 15 years and it's like the cost is worth it, you know.
0: So the 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 thing that you mentioned about that and that's good because I didn't even consider that, but you know there's the rumors of that new subscription service that they're going to be launching, so you know this could tie into that, you know, bungie make x game that is only playable on the subscription of Whatever it is, you know, Spartacus or whatever the, it gets, it gets called mm. PlayStation Plus Pro, um, PlayStation Home too. So, I mean, the other thing on on, on this is that if you look at prior to, to Bungie's acquisition, you you look at the talent and the and the and the first party games that they put out, they're all pretty much third person action adventures, right? Mm. Or you know, they're at least the ones that succeed or they get the most critical acclaim they've got no first person shooter talent sort of put them to or work that's on resistance a bit, a bit harsh to say but you know what i mean by that you know they've got no real pedigree there um, you know they've got kill zone but oh. that sort of that sort of as as much as i'd love that to come back that sort of probably flopped probably a bit too much but um you know with bungie you know they've got a, a team that is proven in first person shooters so give them resistance do it Maybe, maybe oh no.
1: how good oh my god i didn't realize i wanted that
0: maybe Damn. Life service kill zone no nah. no nah, okay <laughs> <Pass>. <laughs> all right um all right we're going on anymore because it's fucking we've, we've pushed it pretty hard uh, any other quick headlines we can go through i oh, no, sorry adam you did some apex stuff that you can talk about very quickly
1: I did, yes. I, this morning, prior to work, had a chat with some of the devs leading up to the release of season 12 of Apex, which is called Defiance, uh, which is bringing uh, the new legend Mad Maggie into the mix, um, who originally was introduced in season 8. So I got to have a chat to a few of the folks over there, Sam Gill, the lead writer, Uh, Brett Marting, the concept artist, and most excitingly, Nicola Kawana, the voice actor for Mad Maggie, uh, who is an absolute champion. She's, yeah, a a legend in her own right. Uh, But the chat was mainly about uh, the lengths they go to to make sure that each of the legends they bring into the game are culturally authentic and accurate, um, because Mad Maggie is a very aggressive larger than life Maori woman and we they went over all of the all of the steps they take to make sure that she feels authentic and i suppose all of us could attest to if we played apex i know that some of us don't um, the australian character fuse uh, a lot of his voice lines and mannerisms didn't lean heavily on stereotypes there was no throw shrimp on the barbie bullshit it was all super super authentic to australian culture so it's awesome to see that they're putting such a huge amount of effort into consultation uh motion capture writing all of that to to bring these characters to life so yeah we had a chat for about an hour uh about that and there'll be a piece up on well played hopefully by the time this goes live um, but yeah, it was just more than anything, just really, really awesome to see the effort that goes in to make sure that people feel, people of those cultures feel represented and in an authentic way. So I think the the work that the team at Respawn are doing for Apex in that regard is is really commendable. And everything that we were shown from Mad Maggie looks like she's going to be an absolute boss in the games as well.
0: Sick nice one nice one um very cool uh so the other quick news that we want to talk just not even talk about but just i will just quickly go through it uh mortal kombat is getting a sequel sorry the film is getting a sequel so that's pretty cool you. nice evil dead the game has been released. Uh, the, the release date has been pushed to may 13 uh sidepunk 2077's uh, new gen versions should hopefully be coming quite soon. Um, there was a one uh, one tw- Twitter page that sort of scrapes like the PlayStation database for info and whatnot. Uh, uncovered a PS Five native version, so I would say I'd be very surprised if it, if it was Feb um, or you know middle of Feb because of all the games that are coming. So maybe a March date there. Uh, Supermassive Games trademarked five new Dark Pictures games. So get used to more of that. Um, But probably the other news we'll quickly, quickly talk about is NFTs. So Team17 basically announced uh, like a Worms NFT uh, system or program, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Um, got absolutely hounded out of town. Developers and, you know, the... uh, had games pub, pub, like published by NFT, uh, by NFT by Team Seventeen, you know, condemning NFTs and saying you know that they want that they want no part in it. You know, Twenty four hours later, they've they've backflipped, uh, and so has Troy Baker. He is uh, backflipped on his uh, whatever it was called ver- voice verse or whatever the fuck it was, his NFT project. So yeah, he's pulled the plug on that because um, he's, he's so
1: in yeah. touch with his fans, you know. Yeah. All the people he's that like, love him.
0: Yeah. He's uh he's heard the fans. Mm. He's uh taken their feedback and um yeah,
1: their constructive criticism, not haters. Yeah. So
0: yeah, there We'll know
2: the lack of sarcasm in Adam's voice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the only thing with this is who's I just feel like that there's going to be an, another company in a week or a handful of days It's going to go, we're announcing NFTs, and it's going to go the exact same way.
1: Well, it's gone the, the exact same way for literally every fucking developer and publisher <laughs> that's announced <laughs> it. Like, they announce it, they go, this is going to be a great new move for the gaming landscape. Buy them up, give us all your fucking money. And then within 12 to 24 hours, they go, hey, we've listened to you, we understand that... None of you want it. It's, you know, mental that we didn't do any market research before we announced this, and we're pulling the plug. I feel like surely you're better off just writing the good press and releasing something and condemning it and saying, hey, we don't want anything to do with this shitty practice. I feel like you'll get a better response from that than doing the whole apology thing and ho- maybe having one or two people being like, oh, it's good they're listening to their fans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unless, there you go, Sorry, sorry. I was just gonna I'll say the
3: like the, the shitty part of that whole like we've listened to you thing is like you're admitting that you are only listening to people after the fact. Like if you had listened to yeah. people before the fact, you wouldn't have come to this position. It's like fuck. Um, we
1: can't. We didn't pull the wool over your eyes tight enough. Shit. They, you, you, you not me trying Ubisoft to steal money out of your wallet.
0: Uh, so Ubisoft still believe that it's uh, it's not them, it's us. You just. You just we don't just, know that you want it yet. We just don't understand. We just don't know that this is actually a good thing. Um, so I can't remember who it was, but some high ranking Ubi softer as Ubi Softer. Is, Trying to um, feed us our
1: fucking silent green. Get the fuck away. So,
0: and <laughs> yeah, he um yeah, come out and said that, you know, the reason why that the NFTs have been they've had such a poor reception is that we don't understand it. Um if there's anything, anything we've the learned, public.
1: yeah. If there's anything we've learned from history, is to call your consumers fucking idiots and then just keep spoonful feeding them bullshit. That'll that'll do it.
0: Just very quickly, does anyone think that in the last maybe three years, maybe a little bit more, that Ubisoft has just fucking shit the bed at every yeah. time that they could possibly do it?
2: Look, it's it seems to be tending that way.
0: Like what have they done that is good recently?
2: Yeah, knock knock, where's my beyond good and evil too?
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they're, um they're fucked. And like... EA apparently today they had a earnings call and I think Andrew Wilson said that um despite saying a few months ago that they was it's gonna be the future of the of the gaming space, that uh NFTs are something that they're no longer Pursuing at this stage, or or something to that effect, they also made zero reference to Battlefield Twenty Forty Two. So, <laughs> yep, that
2: twenty forty one, dynamite,
0: twenty
2: forty two. Um, I was just going to say a quick, quick two minute question for the for the team. What's on your NFT bingo card for the year? What what do you where do you think it's going to pop up next? I'm going to say it's going to be an annualized sports franchise. Ooh, that's not so, bad. FIFA must be
1: just frothing at the fucking mouth over that, like, despite
2: what Like, yeah, despite what EA said, it's, it's no. ripe. No, oh. no. If, if, any really got got it, good. if any franchise... Oh, yeah. Got
0: it. With, like, with the... With the ultimate team, team and shit. Cards, that's yeah, the thing, like... The same thing.
3: That's the fucking... I get you. That's the thing that rubs me, is, like, that's already... You don't need NFTs. They already do that shit. Um, but if any franchise... Environmentally friendly. any franchise <laughs> is going to uh add more scarcity bullshit and more money grabbing to their annualized sports franchise it is absolutely nba 2k
2: yeah so that that's sad i didn't think of that you're damn right like no i would like
3: if take two came out and we're like yeah we're adding nfts to nba i'd be like i know
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for it (laughs) yep i want to see the dumpster fire the if Fortnite chucked him in there to get all the kids keen or, on um, AFTs or
3: old mate Randy old know. mate Randy Pitchford you got your randomised weapons in Borderlands but now you can like oh. save them to your account you can sell them to fucking sweaties in their 30s in their basements
1: you can oh, feel he's he ha- savage you can feel his hair getting wetter just at the thought of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question I'd, I'd, Yeah, I don't know who I would hope no one but I'm too scared to say anyone I don't want it to be true
2: well we'll discuss the next victim next week
0: that's all right. alright let's wrap it up there um, thank you for joining us this week on the Well Played podcast if you're going to check out Dying Light uh, let us know what you what you think um, massive shout outs to Manscaped you can save 20% off on all purchases get free shipping at uh, manscaped.com go to the Australian site obviously use the code well shaved for 20% off and all those other little perks the undies are great Adam's wearing them now uh, the shirt's yeah. good. I've got that on. Maybe don't, you know, the undies are definitely a good person? I'm rocking the I actually undies. tried the bolt. I tried the bolt toner. No, the bolt toner the other the crop
2: day. Crop revolver? Bolt toner. Yeah. Bolt tone. toner's the spritz.
0: Maybe it's the spritz. Sorry. Um, not bad. Not bad.
2: Lip smackingly good.
0: <laughs> also, just 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 back on like Light. Um, she also said, because she played <laughs> oh, with me, or she <laughs> was watching... While the time while we're playing Dying Light, and she said that if if I gave it any, anything more than a seven, that she would break up with me. So I guess I'll let you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good girl, good girl. I was I saying to April, I don't know how I'd give this game conscionably anything higher than a six point five. So I'm with her. Um.
1: Yeah, Nathan's gonna break up with you too now. <laughs> you're
2: you're you're in the bin.
0: <laughs> right. Check out all the content. Um, hopefully, the Ghostwire Tokyo preview is a bit better than my spoken mumble jumble from before. Have a have a good weekend. Stay safe, don't buy any NFTs and be wicked awesome.
2: Stay smooth. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you, Kieran.